Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. We start a brand new series today called Fanning the Flame, Becoming a Church on Fire. You know, we are a nice church. We're a friendly church. I really uh, believe that. But our calling as a church is more than that. We are to be a bold church. We're to be a risk-taking church. We're to be a church on fire. And I don't mean literally, of course. And I don't just mean a lot of hype with no substance. When we say that a person is on fire, we usually are like watching Steph Curry hit three-pointers or back when Tiger Woods was lighting up a golf course, we'd say he's on fire. My son Luke was in a basketball game I was coaching a couple weeks ago, and he hit eight three-pointers in the game, six of them in the first half. He was on fire. This church isn't just created and called to be uh, nice and friendly and well safe. It's to be a place that's on fire. It's not about a lot of bells and whistles or the latest technology, although that stuff is fun and can give us useful tools to reach people. It's about the heart. It's about what's happening on the inside of the church and on the inside of, of us. It's about the story that God is telling and wants to tell through you and through me. We're gonna look at a few passages uh, in the book of Acts over the next few weeks. Acts is the story of the early church, the first church that came together right after Jesus was crucified and resurrected and appeared to a bunch of his followers. Uh, In fact, he appeared to them and he basically said, Hey, I have to go back up to heaven, but while I'm gone, I'm sending one that you're going to be amazed by, you're going to love. The Holy Spirit is coming, and he is going to fill you with the presence of God himself living in and through you, and it is going to be incredible. This is how the church is not only going to survive, but it's going to thrive, and it's going to become a place that is on fire. The believers were gathered together, and the Holy Spirit came down upon them, like Jesus said. And, and Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, records that it, it looks like tongues of fire falling on each of them. And after that day, called Pentecost, began the amazing journey of the first church. And the story of the early church is written in Acts. It was one that was worth telling. That God did something so life-changing, so world-changing through it, that it still reverberates Today, In fact, the reason we gather together as a church, the reason we exist, is because of what started in that room on that day in the life of those believers. They, they went on to change the world. Their story is a story worth telling. In fact, each person who was a part of this dynamic, powerful church made a decision. They decided that they wanted their life to mean something that day. They wanted to tell a great story with their lives, not one like everyone else around them maybe was telling And I know something about you today, even if we haven't met yet, what I know is this, you want to write a story worth telling with your life. In fact, I I wanna ask you a question today, and and I think it's one of the most relevant and important questions that you can ask. What story do you want to tell with your life? My dad 
passed away uh, a year and a half ago, and we laid him to rest up in Caswell County, which is northeast of here in North Carolina. And my mom and I were driving around her old hometown there a while back, and she was telling these stories about people she grew up with, uh, people she remembered, and, and we walked through the cemetery and she was telling me about these people. Some of them lived a long time, some of them didn't, and she told me stories about them. She was telling me as, as we drove through town that day too, how she used to like roller skate all over the town, and then one day she like has a story where she accidentally skipped school, and she was telling me that. She knows stories about these people that maybe nobody else knows. Some had a great impact on their, on their family and their community, whether you know their names or not, doesn't really matter. It, it got me thinking about that question, what story do you wanna tell with your life? It's, it's not about who remembers you when you're gone. It's not about whether somebody writes a book about you or something that's named for you around here. That stuff has nothing to do with a story that is worth telling. The question is, will you make decisions with life, with your life that you're proud of, or, or at the end, will there be a big chunk that you wouldn't want to tell anybody about? You know, life is short. What story do you want to tell with your life? That's the question that these men and women in the early church had to answer. What do you want to, your life to be marked by? There's one characteristic that we would all say that we want. We would all say that we would want courage. We don't get to control what other people say about us after we're gone, do we? We just have the decisions that are right in front of us to make. The individual decisions that when we add them up, they make up a life. Life is a series of decisions. How you make them determines your story. Now, um, I've, I've written some fiction books. Writing is about making decisions. Who, who is the character going to be? What, what are they going to do? What is this person going to do? What motivates them? Those things lead to decisions that they make that end up telling their story. And, and it's hopefully a compelling story that you'd want to read. What's the difference in an ordinary life and an extraordinary one? The ability to make courageous Decisions, And so the, the, the bottom line today is this. A single act of courage has the power to change your life and maybe someone else's. Telling a great story can start with a single decision. Most great things that have happened in your family or in the church or in the community, they started because one person had the courage to step out in faith. One person tried something new. They went against the grain. They were bold. Great stories happen because at the beginning... Someone steps up. This is how the church grew and became irresistible to a culture around it. This is how the church became on fire. Something amazing was happening. Jesus was crucified. His followers claimed it. He rose. He appeared to people. He gave them these final commands and encouragement, and he was taken up into heaven. And one piece of evidence, by the way, for the resurrection is that we are still here. The church is still alive. It exists. The reason it exists is because the first disciples were visited by Jesus after the resurrection. They believed that it was true. They believed that it happened. They saw him die. They saw him alive again. And they were convinced that Jesus rose from the dead. They didn't go back to their jobs or start fishing again. They didn't falter or fall back into their old lives. They made a decision based on the evidence 
They made the most logical decision that they could. They decided to turn their entire lives over to Jesus. And they began to tell a story with their lives, full of courage. What story do you want to tell? So Peter and John, who were two of his followers, they began to preach in Jerusalem that Jesus had risen. They didn't have any schooling, no education. They were from Galilee. They were going to people in the big city, but they didn't care. They had seen what they had seen and nothing was going to sway them from what they were saying. So one day they walked by a lame man at the temple gate, uh, lame from birth in the book of Acts. He asked for help. They pray for him. And by the power of Jesus, the man's healed. And, it, and this shook everybody up. They had passed by him for years and suddenly this guy's walking around and Peter, who was never shy, he stood up and said this, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Acts chapter 3. Peter says, you handed him over to be killed. Specific, like you, chief priests, Sadducees, religious people, they all got upset at the accusation. They took Peter and John, they arrested them, they held them in jail, and the next day they met, and then they brought Peter and John out in front of them, and they asked them this, by what power or what name did you do this? Imagine what it would be like to address the Supreme Court with no preparation. That's what they got ready to do, and that's what they did. It says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called today to account for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. There goes Peter. He does it again. You did this. You. But there's a purpose behind his truth telling here. He says this. Salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He's saying, I want you to be saved. You need to be, you need to be saved. That's why he's saying all these things. You're, you're going to have a moment, you and me, an opportunity soon, today or tomorrow or the next week or next day, to write your story, to write another page, to determine whether it will be one worth telling or one that's easily forgotten. Peter seizes his moment. It goes on to say this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They ask, everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Like everybody could see this man couldn't walk and now he can. And they're like, we can't hide that. We can't deny it. But we got to stop him from spreading this thing. And it's, it's like they're trying to get their arms around a wildfire. And it says that then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? 
You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Like, like over 40 years old, really old, right? Like seriously, they didn't know what to do with him. When you make a courageous decision in your family, in your job, to, to start something new or to stick with something when it's, when it's failing, there will be people who will question you. They won't understand. They'll tell you you're making a bad choice. Stay focused in those moments, focused on the result. Stick with it. You need to be able to develop selective listening skills. Some voices you don't need to listen to anymore. Uh, so you might be saying, I'm going to stop drinking, so I'm not going to go out with you guys anymore. I'm going to start what God has put on my heart to start. I'm going to ignore the thousand reasons why people say this won't work. I'm not going to give up on my marriage, on that relationship, on that team I'm on, on that dream that I have, because it's hard and others discourage me. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to invite her to church. I'm going to talk about my faith with my friends. I'm not going to take the easy road out. I'm going to make courageous decisions. Peter and John were released and they were told not to speak about Jesus again. And, then, and it was like, get lost guys. But they went back with the other believers and they prayed for what? Keep us safe. Don't let that happen again. God, no, 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 no. Here's what they prayed. They said this, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And they turned around and they went back to Jerusalem and they continued to preach about Jesus. And thousands came to know Jesus personally and stepped into this church that was on fire, all because they made a decision out of courage and conviction. They did something that they knew would probably put them in harm's way. Their prayer wasn't, hey God, would you please protect us? It was God give us courage, a single act of courage has the power to change your life and maybe somebody else's. And it's often the difference between stories that are lived out well and stories that are not. Courageous decisions set you on a different path, fanning the flame of the spark that is your face. So let me ask you two questions today. One is this, what is the story you have to tell? And then what is the courageous decision that, it, that you need to make that if you did it, you would fa- it would fan the flame, the, the, the flame of your faith? And could you write it down? Well, write it down. It could be as simple as, I'm going to make church a priority for my family and me. Or as simple as, I'm going to make God a priority in my marriage. Or as, as simple as, I'm going to invite my friend to church. Or I'm going to start being generous towards God. It could be as powerful as I'm going to get help. I'm going to start something. I'm going to stop something. I'm going to tell someone. What is the story you have to tell? What is the courageous decision you need to make? A single act of courage can be the catalyst for you to tell an extraordinary story with your life. It has the power to change your life and quite possibly someone else's too. God, enable your servants to speak your word, to live out your word with great boldness. I'm going to pray that for us right now. God, would you enable each of us to live our lives out with great courage, with great boldness? Would you give us that? We need a supernatural um, 
portion of your boldness, of your courage in our lives, because it's so easy to take the safe route, and it's so easy to choose not to be courageous, and yet you call us into bravery. You call us into courageous decisions that impact our world, not only for ourselves, but for others around us. God, with our one life that you've given us, would you help us to be bold in our words and bold in our actions? We pray this in the incredible name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.